Greetings and welcome to the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. If you're new to the show, this is a long-form podcast where I sit down with guests and we just have a conversation. Now, these conversations are not scripted. They are raw and real. There's no editing. So wherever they go, they go. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the conversations as much as I know that I will. This episode is brought to us by Mike the Strongman. Are you tired of getting your training and nutrition advice from someone with only a weekend certification? Then perhaps it's time to turn to someone with over 15 years of research-based experience. Mike the Strongman can help you with all your training and nutrition needs. Mike has a proven track record of getting results with his clients. Visit MikeTheStrongMan.com for more information or email Mike at MikeTheStrongMan at gmail.com if you're ready to take your performance to the next level. This episode is also brought to us by the Healthiest You Chiropractic Center. The Healthiest You Chiropractic Center in Strongsville, Ohio is dedicated to giving their patient community the highest level of healthcare. Their doctors have been trained on the newest and most innovative styles of chiropractic and rehabilitative treatments. From back pain to ankle strains, the Healthiest You has remedies for a variety of injuries. Are you looking to perform better in life and activity? Their team takes a wellness-based approach on health rather than only focusing on symptoms such as pain. Call 440-238-3338 or email them at thychiro, that's T-H-Y-C-H-I-R-O, at gmail.com for questions about becoming a patient. Now is a better time than ever to become the healthiest you. And last but not least, this episode is brought to us by CrossFit Strongsville. CrossFit Strongsville is a place where everyday people become heroes every day. Through qualified coaching, challenging yet modifiable exercise programming, and a supportive community unlike any other, members find a way to break through personal barriers physically, mentally, and emotionally. No matter what level you're at, from the very beginner to the elite, you'll find you receive great service from the moment you walk through the door, and we promise it will be one of the best hours of your day. Check out CrossFitStrongsville.com for more information and to sign up for a free one-on-one consultation with the owner, a 12-year veteran of the fitness and therapy fields. Okay, folks, our guest today is Brandon Gerber of Gerbzilla Powerlifting. Brandon is an ACE certified personal trainer and has been training clients for six years. Brandon may be young, but he has a vast knowledge of strength training, and it seems like every time that I see him, He's always showing me something new that he's learned or some crazy video that he saw. And he's also very good at spotting gimmicks that won't work. He tends to stick with the tried and true basics that have proven to work over time. Brandon is uh, also a competitive lifter in powerlifting in the USAPL Federation. He's lifted in the Raw National Meet the last two years and competed in the 2018 Arnold Sports Festival. And that's something that most lifters will never accomplish during their careers. Brandon is also a bit of a petrol head and has been building hot rods with his dad for most of his life. And he is currently building a 1932 Ford Roadster that is near complete. I've been wanting to talk with Brandon since I first started the podcast and I'm glad we finally made it happen. So sit back, strap in, and enjoy our conversation. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hess, and today we're with Brandon Gerber. Brandon, how are we doing? Good. How are you? Doing good. Uh, I've been trying to get Brandon on the podcast here for a while, and our schedules just haven't lined up. He's trying to work and, you know, do his his darn thing. (laughs) Kind of a crazy life. 
you know, a lot of stuff going on. Well, it's, it's just kind of how life. things go. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> how it is. So we, we finally wrangled him down here late on a Friday night, and we're going to record one here real fast. And I've been pretty excited to do this. So uh, Brandon is a personal trainer. Uh, currently, he works out of Durniet Strength in Worcester, Ohio. But he is more known for Gerbzilla powerlifting. <laughs> now, uh, real quick, how did the Gerbzilla happen? Because your last name's Gerber. Right. So obviously somebody said something with Godzilla and Gerbzilla. So <laughs> how did that all take place? Uh, it all started off uh, after a workout. I think it might have been actually on a Friday night. A uh, bunch of friends after lifting, we went to Chipotle. Okay. That's one of the best places to eat. Um, <laughs> well, one of my favorites. Yeah. And it was the whole big Snapchat craze kind of started, and they were all trying to get me to make a Snapchat. Okay. And you have to have a username, and I couldn't think of anything. And the friends kind of threw it together and said, dude, you got to make it Gerbzilla. Okay. And I was like, ah, that's kind of corny. But uh, I was like, yeah, why not? And then from there, it just so it, it just kind of stuck. Huh? It just kind of stuck. Yeah, <laughs> that's usually how the best ones happen. Yeah. yeah, somebody just throws it out there, and then all of a sudden, boom, it sticks. Everybody's running with it because everyone calls you that at the gym. Everyone calls you Gerbzilla. Yeah, Gerby, Gerbzilla. Yeah. And now you've got your own apparel line, so people yeah, can have shirts, get shirts, and, and hats, and, and, and all kinds of cool stuff. So eventually, get some tank tops here. Yeah, absolutely. Summertime's but coming. It's but. not just the apparel that you're moving as well. You're right. also doing programming and things like yeah. that. So if somebody's interested. Yeah, they, they can hit you up, and we can go that route as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, which is pretty cool. Yep. So let's let's uh let's jump right in here since I know it's it's late, and both of us <laughs> you know want to go to bed. Yeah, it's been a long week. Um, tell me a little bit about how you grew up, and like maybe the sports you've played, and what's kind of led you into what you do now, which is pretty much spend all your time at the gym, either coaching other people or lifting yourself. Yeah, so I I grew up uh, outside of Dalton. Um, out in the country, Chip and Seal Road. Um, and that's that's here in Northeast Ohio. Yep, and you know, grew up pretty much on a farm. Really, my grandparents, both sides of the family, uh, had farms. Okay, and was it like always, a hobby farm, or did they farm for a living? Uh, the one side of the family is more of a hobby farm. The other one was that's what they did for a living. Okay, um, so it had dirt bikes, four wheelers, had a bunch of land right on. And then as I got older, kind of got into sports. Uh, Grandpa helped put a basketball hoop in outside the house. Started shooting hoops. Got old enough. Got into basketball and football and track. And and then from there, just kind of took off, really. Got into, when I was in high school, I went to the Career Center for Exercise Science and Sports Medicine. And I had to get experience hours okay. for, like, uh clinical experience, internship type stuff. And at the time, I was going to Andrew Derniat, where now I work for, for personal training for basketball and track to get better, faster, stronger. And he pretty much introduced me to the realm of lifting. And then from there, it that's all where it started. Oh, really. It just kind of snowballed, huh? Yeah. Now, did you play a lot of the youth sports, like the T-balls and like little, like little league and – yeah, like uh, the uh, YMCA basketball and all that kind of stuff? Or honestly, I didn't. Uh, did you just get into sports just playing around the house and doing that kind of stuff? or I would say it was more just having friends getting into it. Okay. Um, I didn't start playing any sports until I was in seventh grade. Okay. 
I was always primarily outside on dirt bikes, four wheelers, shooting hoops just on my own. Yeah. Um, out in the garage a lot. My dad and I work on have old cars, and that's primarily what I did. Okay. Uh, so sports really wasn't the thing. We never sat inside and watched NBA or NFL. We we my you, whole family just wasn't into yeah, sports. Yeah, you, you were outside either in the garage working on hot rods with your dad, or out playing in the fields, or working, or doing, right. doing what have you, and then. Like you said, you didn't get into sports more until you were like in seventh, eighth grade, probably. Right. Like junior high. Isn't a lot of probably kids get into sports. Yeah. Whereas like I grew up playing all kinds of sports. Yeah. I, was, I was athletic. I loved it. It was fun. With the neighbor kids we were always playing. We were always doing shit outside. Yeah. Now, I never I, I never got into the dirt bikes and the four wheels. I always wanted to, but yeah. nobody ever really had it. I guess it's kinda of weird too where you know, where you grew up, you know, out in the country, I only probably had four neighbors on a on a road that was a matter of Five or six miles long. Well, that's where, what happens when you have farmland big enough to work because most people around here, if it's less than a thousand acres, it's kind of a hobby farm. You're not really making any, you're not really making any money. So exactly. you don't exactly have next door neighbors. No. <laughs> Whereas I grew up in a smaller little neighborhood. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, there was farmland all around, but there was like a little allotment of houses and whatnot. And there was what, probably six of us kids all about the same age. You know, like split up between probably, you know, six or seven years. When you're little, it doesn't really matter. You're just outside playing and dicking around having fun. Oh, yeah. But, uh, okay, so you got into junior high, started playing sports there. Did you start all the sports then, or did you just play, like, basketball? I jumped right into basketball, football, and track. Okay, what did you do in football? Um, I was a wide receiver. Okay, so you were a skinny little fast shit. Yes. Did you have good hands? <laughs> Uh, not really. Okay, so you, I didn't, you didn't get thrown the ball very much. <laughs> no, I actually, I was a not really a great athlete, um, which now I think, which is a good thing in, in the world of powerlifting because it didn't doesn't really matter in lifting. If you weren't a great athlete, you can still be good in lifting. Yeah. Or Olympic weightlifting, strongman, whatever. Um, but yeah, in, in school, I never really was. I was kind of an average athlete at best. Okay. So, but so, yeah. so wide receiver for football, what did you do for track then? Track, I was always a sprinter. Okay. And then when I got into high school, I started throwing some, but that was later on, junior, senior year. Okay. But yeah, primarily, is this a sprinter? Like 100, 200, or did you yeah. get the middle distance, like four and 800? I ran the 400 once. It was fucking awful. <laughs> I told my coach, I'm never doing that again. It's not near as bad as the 800. <laughs> yeah. 800 true. has to be the worst race in track. Yeah. That was... The one thing I miss about school is track. Okay. I really enjoyed it. Probably the camaraderie of it. That's where I met a lot of my friends, just different schools. Because if you're not in the middle of running or throwing, you're just kind of mingling with yeah, and a bunch not, of people. Not to mention it's spring. School's almost out. Everybody's dicking around. Yeah. It's a great time. Practice is fun. It's never super hard. I mean, yeah, it's hard, of course. But right. it's, it's not so taxing that you're just exhausted afterward. I mean, you're tired, but you're, you're doing that for any sport. It doesn't really matter. Right. Okay. So so you were working with Andrew Derniet of Derniet Strength, and you were trying to get better for track and basketball, you said, right? Yes, I was very, 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 very skinny. Okay, so very were, weak. Was he trying to put size on you, or was he just having you lift to just lift and just become more of a natural athlete? We did primarily a lot of. He forced me into learning how to squat, because I mean, I did a lot of upper body bro lifting at that time, anyways, in high school. A lot of high school kids yeah. do because and I hate muscles. Squats. You, they're muscles you can see. Yeah. So I'm going to do buys and tries and chests. It's yeah. great. I can see all this shit. Exactly. This is awesome. 
and uh, yeah, I mean, he it was kind of it's kind of a funny story. So the first time I went into work with him, he asked if I've ever squatted, and I said, yeah, I've, I've squatted for probably a year or so now. And he said, okay, let's go ahead. You know, after we did a lot of you know dynamic warm up, hurdle jumps, all that type of stuff, that's when we got into the squats. And he said, let's go ahead and do a warm up set of eight with the bar. So I do a set of eight with the bar. I rack it, and he says, Brandon, you've never squatted a day in your life. <laughs> I was like, look, and I'm puzzled. Like, I just did eight reps. And he goes on to tell me how my squat depth is terrible. And so he was, so nice, squatting, so so he that, was nice and encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he had me squat to a box, and it didn't seem like it was down there until I about fell. And from there, just kind of, you know. Learned how to squat. Okay. So what what was he having you do as like as a high school athlete? Now, what what year were you? A freshman, sophomore? I would have been a sophomore. Sophomore, okay. Yeah. So pretty young. Yeah. And a lot of people don't want their kids lifting weights until they get older. And it's like, well, as, as long as you're not an asshole about it, yep. you're supposed to start lifting a little earlier than that. It's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can, Definitely. You, you can start young kids if you teach them properly. Oh, and, yeah. And work more of range of motion, proper mechanics than actually lifting a lot of weight. Right. So so you were a sophomore in high school for, what, yep. 15 probably. And yeah. Yep. And 15. so so he's having you start off with the basics. We're going to start with squats. You don't you don't hit proper depths. We're going to do box squats. Right. You're, so you're going to come down until your ass touches it, and then you're going to stand back up, right? Yep. Um, so what other kind of stuff did he have you do? Uh, we did some Olympic lifting, a lot of cleans. We never really got into clean jerks or snatches a whole lot. We did some snatches later on. Okay. But primarily a lot of hand cleans, power so, cleans, squat cleans. a lot of kind of stuff cleans. like football players would do. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, typical accessory work, you know, lunges, glute ham, a lot of core work. Now, what's a glute ham for most people who don't know what that is? Glute ham machine is is a machine where you're primarily working your glutes and your hamstrings. Um, it's great for posterior chain. It's one of the best hamstring developers, glute developers you can do. A lot of people can't do it at first. Very difficult. At first, Andrew had to actually push my chest up okay. for me to do any kind of reps. So I was primarily doing negatives at the time. Okay. Now, so for people who don't understand our world and what we kind of deal with normally, so th- this is a machine where you you strap your feet in and you've got pads where your your knees and your your quads are kind of resting on. So you're facing down on the ground. You're up probably what? I'd say three, three feet. Three feet, yeah. Something like that. Yep. And so there's nothing on your chest, your upper body. So you're actually going to start – like kneeling on the pads straight up and down with your feet behind you, like so you're like an L. Yep. And you're gonna lean forward slow slowly, <laughs> not just yeah. falling forward. Yeah, don't drop. And use your, your hamstrings and your and your glutes to kind of slowly lower yourself down to your straight, to your flying yep. like flying like Superman. Yeah. And then you're gonna raise yourself back up. And I would yep. say most people They've probably seen a device like this on like the CrossFit games, and they use them for sit-ups and oh, stupid yeah. shit where they put you know medicine balls medicine down behind balls, them, throw them, up. do stupid shit like that. But it's actually it's it's a glute ham developer. That's what's yeah, what I mean, it's, it's fucking made for. It's yep. developing your your posterior chain. Um, and if you can't do that, don't worry. I can't either. I'm too fat for that. I'm not strong <laughs> enough. So I've I've got to just do other things because it's it's not you know. I'm not strong enough to handle my weight. Yeah. But it's it's probably one of the best things you could do in the gym. 
Let's be real I, honest. It's yeah, it's great. So it's great. So that kind of accessory work. Uh, you do normal bro lifting like benching, overhead press, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I worked with Andrew uh, one to two times a week. I would say most of the time was probably just once a week. Okay. And at, with that, it was just the primarily lower body work because um, I'll be honest, I did probably curls and bench press and tricep pushdowns the other five days out of the week. Okay, so he, he knew that that he wasn't the I problem. Was, right. You need to focus on what you haven't been hitting, exactly. your weaknesses to actually make you better. Exactly. So we're going to squat, do some glute hams, do some lunges, and really kill that lower body in yep. the posterior chain. Yep. I mean, okay. if you look at any top-level sprinter, they got jacked strong legs. Yeah, they're all legs. They're at yeah, they're athletes. You're using your legs to essentially move your body. Yeah, they're usually very small in the upper body. Now they're lean, so they're they look like they're really very strong. vascular, lean. Yeah, yep. but they're really small compared they to what their legs. They carry a lot of weight are. in the legs. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, so um, how did you find Andrew? Because like when I was playing sports. I would have loved to have somebody like that, like or like like my coach now. If I would have been lifting with my coach now when I was in high school, oh, I would have been be... such a better athlete. Oh my goodness, because I oh, didn't yeah. know what the hell I was doing. Yeah, I, I went got... in the weight room because you had to. But how did you find Andrew? Um, oh, man, I'm trying to remember how I actually met him. I think it was just a a friend of a friend of my dad's. Okay, so just knew, word of mouth. Somebody word of mouth. Him. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the name of the business, really. Yeah. And it's, it's certainly the best type of, type of market. Oh, yeah. And my dad, because I didn't time, I didn't, I couldn't drive. Uh, we drove, we drove up there and met him and he was a big, strong guy and biggest guy I've ever seen in my life. I've never, you know, in high school, you know, especially you see the first big guy ever and you're like, whoa, this guy is. Yeah. A machine. Which, which is hilarious now because especially Andrew's gotten into more of a, um, endurance racing and stuff like that now so he's actually leaned out he's quite leaned a out, bit yeah. but he's he's probably what six four six four and back probably when you met him he was probably what 230 240 yeah at least 240 and he was he was just solid looked like solid an athlete now, he, he played a college lacrosse super stud athlete uh his grip strength guy he has done powerlifting. he's done strongman he's done highland he's done everything he's done everything he's, he's, he's like the yeah. jack of all trades Oh yeah, which is why he's kind of gotten into endurance stuff now. It's, it's it's like a new adventure for him. He's like, I've done like the other shit. Let's let's do yeah, something he, different. He's done the other stuff for the last fifteen years. Yeah. He's ready for something new. Yeah. So when you're a skinny high school kid and you playing wide receiver and you see some guy who's six four two forty, look like he could play for the fucking Browns. You're like, holy shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is cool. Yeah. And at, and my dad is the same way. He's like, whoa. He's like, you need to see this guy. <laughs> you need to work with this guy. What protein do I need to have my son drink? <laughs> So, oh god stop uh, with the protein eat yeah. food people eat food lots of food <laughs> so yeah that's yeah that's okay so so word off. of mouth you just found out about him you went to meet him he's obviously a very impressive human being yeah if you've ever seen him lift he's he's a fucking animal mm-hmm. and especially back then when he was actually training really hard oh whereas yeah whereas now he's like i say he's doing more of the adventure and the racing and endurance stuff so he just yeah he gets on the bike for three hours and doesn't move it's like well, well, yes, that's impressive, especially for being a big guy like he is. Oh, he's a monster. Yeah, it's it's not near as impressive as, and... as watching him do you know grip strength stuff at the Arnold against guys who are four hundred fucking pounds. Yeah, pro straw man. <laughs> that's way more impressive. Yeah, <laughs> to get this skinny little guy up on the stage. What's going on here? Why is he so small? <laughs> yeah, so I I was really fortunate to meet him at such a young age. Absolutely, absolutely, like big time. That helped. I mean that. 
if it wasn't for Andrew, honestly, I don't know where I would be. Well, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's cliche. Yeah. But you would have gone down another path just because you wouldn't have known any different. I mean, yeah. And he's just kind of helped shape like what's, what your life is now, which is mostly in the gym with you being a personal trainer and then competing in powerlifting. Right. Now, when you started working with Andrew, was he still at the old tennis club here in Worcester? Yeah, we were there for a good two and a half years. Okay, so I don't think I've ever even told you this. <laughs> I got done with my running career. I had I'd gotten uh, out of shape after college because I've been an athlete all my life, playing sports, doing all that kind of stuff. And I got a desk job out of, outside of college, and I got fat. So I started running because it's the fastest, cheapest, easiest way to lose weight. I thought this could be amazing. I was running and running and running and running, and I beat myself up. And I'm just my body's not built for me. I'm six five at the time. I was almost three hundred pounds. I got down to about two forty. Really? Which for me is not a healthy weight. <laughs> I looked like I was on chemo. I, I was not healthy. I couldn't do a body weight back squat. I probably couldn't have done a forty inch box jump. I mean. It was it was gross. Like I, yeah. I was not healthy. I mean, granted, I could run for two hours because I got done with a half marathon, but so what? Oh, you did a half marathon. I did a half marathon. Wow. So I, I got kind of burnt out. I finished in uh, one fifty eight twenty eight. No kidding. That's and, actually pretty solid. And really. The, uh, the guy who was training me, a kid at work who was a collegiate runner, mm-hmm. he had a base of like seventy miles a week. Like the only guy I've ever met in my life who lost her. Yeah, he lost weight when he stopped running. Because wow. cause he lost all of his muscle mass from lifting and being at the gym. He's, yeah. he's just a tall, skinny, white kid. <laughs> Perfect guy to have coach you. Yeah. So I finished in my 158.28, like broke my goal of like the two hours. I was super happy. And he's like, what the fuck? You should have like kept running for another two two minutes. So you say he ran for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Ryan. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's close enough. <laughs> so so I got done with, with running and I uh, started playing tennis uh, being outside, just being active, it's just running was beating me up. I was having knee problems, hip problems, shoulder problems. Very common. Like, I actually, I learned to, to run properly after my half because I got injured. And I got got those stupid little Vibram five-finger shoes and learned oh, how to yeah. run on the balls of your feet. and Because mm-hmm. I, I, I was having hip and ankle and knee problems when I was running because I was heel striking, as you're not supposed to. And yep. so I taught myself how to run properly, do all that kind of stuff. But running was just, I was done with it. Like, I was, I'd done it for a couple of years. I trained really hard. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> we're, we're over that. So I started playing tennis. So I was playing there at the club. No kidding. So so I met Andrew by going in the back and having him put together like a quick little workout for me to do for my tennis and that kind of stuff and was playing there. So I remember seeing you in the gym. Really? Training for grip strength. <laughs> Skinny little white boy. Oh, yeah. That's all I wanted to do at yeah. the time. Yeah. And, and so so you were, you were hitting that hard. I mean, we didn't – I mean – I mean, I remember seeing you in the gym. We probably had met because Andrew introduced us. I'm or sure something. we did, yeah. But we didn't really know each other, right? Because I wasn't there super seriously. I still hadn't fell in love with the gym yet. I didn't realize how important it was. I thought, oh fuck it, I'm just gonna go play sports. And yeah, I'll, you'll and run I'll, around, and, and, I'll, and I'll do this as kind of accessory work. And I, I didn't realize how important the gym was yet. So, so you started training into grip strength probably pretty quickly. Yeah, because you were still in high school, right? Yeah, I did my first grip strength competition. My, I, it might have been my junior year in high school. Okay, so you've been with Andrew for about a year. Yeah, junior year, definitely sophomore year or senior year. And at the time in my senior year, I actually held an open world record in a grip strength event. Okay, 
It was called it's called the two hand pinch. Uh, now explain it for people who don't know what it is. <laughs> so it's a round, thin device. It's about two inches thick. It's round. It's pretty much like putting two forty five pound plates okay. together with the smooth sides out. Okay. And it has a bar going through the center, and you put weights on each end of the bar. Okay, so you essentially you, you, you take this disc. It's about two inches thick. Yep. It's smooth metal on either side. Correct. And you're going to pinch that with, with your both thumbs. Hands. With your thumbs and your, and your fingers on opposite side of the disc. Yep. And you're just going to stand up with the weight, right? Yeah, so it's actually not a complete full lockout. There's a crossbar. And you have, when you lift it up, the one end of the bar that goes through that you have the weight on will actually ting and hit the crossbar. Okay. So you just have to lift it up to hit the To hit the crossbar, hit touch the it, hit the height, and then you have to control it back down. You can't drop it. Okay. And at the time, I did a 200, 206 pounds like that. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I'm a big guy. People would consider me strong. I'm not strong, but people consider me strong. I can't even imagine doing 200 pounds, and think think how fucking small you were then <laughs> in high school. Yes, oh my god! I want to say I. There's I no, was close to I was close to graduating, at that time, and I want to say I weighed around 170 pounds. 170. Okay. And, I, could be I would say at the time there was probably three or four guys in the world that were doing 30 pounds over their body weight with the two hand pinch. So I was, I mean, at the time I was pretty well on the top. Yeah, I mean, I'd I had say. the world record. Yeah, um, I would say about four or five months later, some guy in England broke it, and that I don't even bastard. know. Yeah, I had my fame lasted a couple months, but <laughs> a, I was a, a fame I was, in a very niche sport that yeah. most people have never heard of. And by that time, everyone in high school, you know, they thought I was some monster freak, you know. But at the same time, you look at me, and I was. Six foot two, 170 pounds. You can see my ribs and my spine poking out of my back. Yeah. But I had very strong tendons, ligaments in my fingers and pretty much everything from my elbow down. Okay. And now, now, first, do you think a lot of that was from just training with Andrew, like training specifically for the grip strength? Or do you think a lot of it was the fact that you grew up on a farm and you were wrenching on cars and you're riding dirt bikes and dicking around and... I would say a lot of it would have to be, I would say it's about half. Okay. Yeah, I would say it's about half, you know, just doing stuff around outside, you know. I mean, that's farm work, I lay, you know, manual labor. There's a reason that Amish kids are really strong. Yes, I went to, absolutely. I went to school with Amish kids up until sixth grade, and they went to their, they didn't go to junior high with like the rest of us. They went to their school and finished their eighth grade education, and they were off to work. That's what Amish kids do, but... Those Amish kids were always the fastest, always the strongest. Like they looked like athletes. They had big legs. They had butts. Whereas the rest of us were just, you know, skinny white kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Whereas these kids were actually strong because they fucking grown up working all their life. I, about four years ago, we had a guy who's working out in the gym. He was early twenties, and he was ex-Amish. He still works on a... So he was a chumper. <laughs> uh, he works on an Amish roofing crew building barns and homes and garages. First time he comes in the gym, he says, hey, I want to learn how to deadlift. I heard that's something good for me. So like, okay, let's learn how to deadlift. Taught him 
proper mechanics and first time you ever deadlifted, deadlifted 500 pounds, double overhand. 500. And it was double overhand. Holy shit. First time he's ever delved in his life. And he probably first, weighed around. First of all, why in the hell would you ever let him work up that heavy? <laughs> it probably wasn't a smart idea. but Probably not. No. Can we learn from this one? <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Yes. If someone comes in the first time I ever, was, don't let them lift no. 500 fucking pounds. No. Super impressive. I mean, I, it, and it was great form. Most people are never going to lift 500 pounds double overhand ever in their lives. No. The fact, that I he, know. The, the fact that he just came in and did it first time ever yeah, just shows you how strong yeah. guys like that are. just been working their whole lives. When you're throwing ladders around all day long and who knows what, yeah. you're going to get strong. Moving lumber, swinging hammers, carrying shingles, doing all the stuff that they do. You're, yeah, you're moving weight. Yeah. And think of the amount of total volume they're actually moving in a day's worth of work. Yeah, because I, a lot of people have this I, I, they have this preconceived notion that if they come into the gym and they spend so much time and do all these lifts and do all this fancy, stupid shit and play on their BOSU balls and get their bands out and do this fancy, stupid shit, like they're going to get really, really strong really, really quick. And it's like, no, this is really fucking simple. It's not sexy. This is weight lifted over time yes. that's it that's all you can do yes so it's this is all about how much weight you're going to move and the time it's going to take to get strong now for most people who aren't on vitamin s <laughs> and, and drugged up out of their minds it's going to take about 10 years so yeah. for somebody like that he's probably already got a base of 10 years he's been lifting he's, and moving and working and hustling he's probably and, been working hard since he was seven years old yeah probably 10 11 12 years old yeah most likely yeah and guess what? That's going to make you really, really strong. Absolutely. Whereas I see people come in the gym all the time and they want to like, oh, I'm not lifting enough weight. Yeah, I got to do this. I got to do that. No, stop. Just chill out. It's a process. It's going to take you three or four years to even see if you're going to be good at this sport. Mine's Olympic weightlifting. And then we'll see, you know, in like five or six, like what your kind of potential is going to be. If you even make it to five or six yeah, years. <laughs> like by the time you actually get to 10 years. Like, so calm yeah. down. Like, I would you're not going to get there in six months. Sorry. I would say in any sport, whether it's lifting, basketball, football, it's, yeah, that 10 to 15 years, you're going to be at your best you can possibly be from when you started. Most likely. You know, if, you know, say you have somebody who started lifting weights at 40 years old, never been in a gym their entire life, they're going to be more than likely, if they stick with it, at their best possible potential when they're 50 plus years old. Most likely. If, if they can stay healthy. Yeah. Which unfortunately is hard to do at that stage of life because your, your body just doesn't recover as well. Now, what's nice about this is that I think you can really shortcut the process by being an athlete. Yeah. Like I think if we teach kids how to just be generally physically fit and learn how to move their bodies and – I mean because I mean like from the time I was little, we were always outside. We were playing sports. We were jumping on the trampoline. We were climbing trees. We were riding bikes. We were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And sports have always come easy to me because I'm just I'm, – I'm, You've been active. Let me say, it's not even just so much that I've got good hand-eye coordination. I've got good balance. I've got control of my body. Like there's lots of other things that kind of go into, into that equation. But I've, I've also seen a bunch of people come into the gym who have this – six, seven, eight years maybe of playing football or playing uh, soccer or volleyball or anything like that, and they'll, they'll come in and they'll pick it up and they'll be 
you know, you know, head and shoulders above other people. And I have to remind them, oh, stop, wait, they've got five, six, seven years in this other sport. That equates to probably three or four in something else. Like yeah. everything, everything's going to kind of add up. Right. You know, I mean, what was it? I, mean, I remember reading an article recently about physical education back in the 60s, I think, maybe the 70s. It's probably pretty new at that time. And and they had these these boys. It was it was all just boys. They had them doing basically like military boot camp style training with monkey bars and like your up downs, your burpees, your push ups. You know they're doing you know lunges and all that kind of stuff. And these guys were just ripped. Oh yeah, they were all lean. They weren't very strong. They they weren't big and bulky. They weren't lifting a ton of weight. But these guys were in really good shape. You, yeah. t- you take somebody like that and throw them into a sport. They're going to be good probably right off the They're going to start smoking people who've never really played before. Right. And some some people get all upset about that. It's like, oh, well, my little Johnny needs to play sports and there needs to be equal playing time. And I understand youth sports, it's supposed to be about that. Let's introduce the, the game to the kids. Let's, let's have some fun. Let's have a good time. But when it comes down to high school, even junior high, sorry, this isn't – like everyone gets equal time anymore. This is hey, we want to play and play competitively. Now it's not all about winning. It's I think it's I think sports are meant to teach life lessons to kids. I think that's what sports are really designed for. So it's meant to teach camaraderie and teamwork. Everyone working together and also teaches you how to work. Exactly. It's it's, that's, it's, that's... it's hard work and you have to work hard for things that you want. And guess what? Little Johnny, who doesn't get a lot of playing time, he can be a really good like integral part to the team by by playing like on in practice time by playing a dummy O or a dummy D to go against like the starters, you know, and, and they can really help benefit the whole team and they they can work hard and get better because you're gonna get your ass kicked every day all day by the guys who are starting. That's gonna make you better. Yeah. It's gonna make you tougher. It's gonna make you stronger. You always want to play against people who are better yeah that's, that's the only time you learn yeah i that's, mean that's that's kind of the best way to do it because it's just it's very discouraging at first well of course i mean you, yeah, you, you want to win you want to have fun right but some of that is wanting to learn how to do that and the only way to learn to do that is by you know playing against people who are just better than you yeah you so gotta you can learn to get better at what you're doing yeah that's kind of how that works and guess what <laughs> we're, we're gonna find out real quickly who the hungry people are because they're gonna get mad <laughs> yeah because they're gonna want to win yeah, like, this and is then bullshit. Let's then go. That'll determine if they're going to stick with it or not, because either they're going to quit, yeah, or they're going to say, "Man, I really need to start working at this." Exactly. I want to be better than that. Yes. Yeah, so suck it up. It's going to suck, people. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're not. I mean, now granted, some people are going to come in. They're just going to get starting positions, and they're going to be a little bit more athletic than others, and that's fine. But you can push them. Yeah. So, so just suck it up and do the work. <laughs> so that was that was a good tangent there. <laughs> so, uh, so back to the grip strength. So you were training that. Did a couple of comps up into high school. Yeah. And then you didn't go to college, right? No, I did not. Okay. So, so you stuck around and went right into training because you were kind of spending a lot of time at the gym. Yeah. And you got certified as a personal trainer. Yep. So did you do that like while you were still in high school? Because you were at the at the vocational center taking sports science, right? Yeah, I did that. That was offered in my junior and senior year. Okay. That definitely got me a very good head start. We went over a lot of things that you're definitely going to need in the field and also a lot of things that you're probably never going to. Unfortunately, a lot of those things, <laughs> th- there's a lot of useless information along with the good stuff. 
Yeah. And that, that's in anything. That's in any kind of degree that you're going to get in college. Sorry. That's just how it that's works. That's part of it. Because you've got people who are educators, and that's their job. They're educators. They don't work in the field. If, if they would have had 30 years' experience training athletes and doing that kind of stuff, if they would have put together a program for you, it would have been very different than what you took. Yeah. <laughs> so so I they're doing say... the best they can from reading books and being educators, but they don't work in the field, so they, they can't teach you all the stuff you're going to need to know. Right. The good thing about the Career Center is we did do a lot of hands-on work okay we went to different we you know we went to gyms around town we you know they went over lifting we had tested on actually you know all the barbell lifts squat bench deadlift cleans we actually had we got tested on that and how to have proper technique um and now actually at myself and andrew at the gym we are actually now part of the exercise science class at the career center and we do an internship program with them, and we actually do once a week classes in the morning part of the year. We go over things with them. We now do the students come to you, or do you guys go there and teach class? They come to us. The whole okay. class comes to us. Well, that's cool. So you and can then, stay at your job. You don't yep. have to take time away from your clients. You can work, yep. work with them when they're there. Yeah. So they, you know, they'll come in, and then part uh, once a week, and then part of the rest of the week, they'll actually go over stuff that we went over with them in their classroom. And they have a whole fitted out nice gym that actually right there at the classroom. Okay. Going over lifts, technique, um, and which definitely gives a very good head start. That didn't start until after I was out of that okay. class. So I was in that class then for those two years and... From there, I graduated, and Andrew helped lead me in the right way of by saying, "Hey, let's. I'm going to help you. You know, let's you know get certified." And I think it was kind of one of those things where, you know, he knew I was something I really wanted to do, and he, I don't know, kind of threw it out there to see if it was something I would actually get into and see if I like it. Okay, and. So from there, I went and I got my ACE. It's American Council on Exercise. That's my the organization I'm certified in as a personal trainer. And through then, you have to buy study material, sign up for the tests, and then go to a college that offers the exam. Okay. So I studied for that probably four or five months after I graduated just because I didn't want to go there and fail the test. Makes sense. And I went to a local uh, school around here that offered it. And the first time I actually failed by two questions. No, you're so close. Yeah, it was awful. Uh, so the the first time that this might have changed since then, but the first time you failed, you could sign up and take it the next day or whenever they offered the exam next. Okay, so it wasn't a waiting period or anything? No. Okay. But I kind of knew the stuff. Uh, I kind of guessed on I figured I'd probably got those wrong so I went home I studied for probably four to six weeks signed back up went back in aced it and then from there it was like boom okay I gotta get business cards made uh gotta start throwing stuff out on Facebook and Andrew definitely helped get me you know a clientele base started okay if somebody new came in he would send them to me we would go over things together, you know, before the person 
came in after the person left. Because at the time, I mean, I was new. I was I was just out of high school, essentially. Yeah, you got a lot to learn. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's his, you know, especially not only that, but it's his gym, and he wants to make sure that we're giving a good service. Which makes sense. Yeah. And then I started getting referrals in from clients, and then it – because, you know, my plan was to actually – go to school i just want to see how it all worked i guess prior to going to school for that yeah and i started getting pretty busy next thing i know it's time to you know get uh cecs and recertify up and i was like full schedule so ever since then i didn't you know i haven't felt the need to go to college for it okay um then how long have you been a personal trainer now? Six years. Okay. Six years, yeah. You've been working with Andrew the whole time. The whole time. Same locate. Well, we've moved since the tennis club. Yes. To uh, our own to actual. A much, much better location for how the gym is set up now. Yeah, real close. You know, it's easy to get to right off a big, you know, interstate that comes through the area. And lot bigger space i mean we were in a racquetball court essentially yeah at the old place now we're at a building that's fourteen thousand square feet so and 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 i can't quite explain to people who don't understand what we do like what a wonderful playland <laughs> that is <laughs> during an adult strength. playground i mean it's it's it is certainly the best gym in northeast ohio if not all of ohio because it has anything you could fucking imagine there. Yeah, now, I would. Anybody who lifts, who comes, that I bring there. Like you gotta check this place out. You gotta check this place out. And they they show up like, oh my god, this place is awesome. You get the average person coming off the off the street who doesn't really quite understand yet. And they're like, oh, it's okay. It's kind of an old building. It's a little beat up. So the equipment's not brand new. It's it doesn't look like the shiny crap at planet not a commercial and, gym and all, and, all, the, yeah. all that garbage but <laughs> they, they just they don't understand that yeah we don't have 100 treadmills and bikes yeah and, anything you need to get really fucking strong is there yeah and it's and it's a bunch of stuff that you've probably never even seen in other gyms like inch dumbbells or or the, the pinch plate like you were talking about like all that right. kind of stuff and, and grippers and all the highland game highland implements. games implements that most people have straw never man seen implements. that kind of stuff yeah like the no I think people are starting to see logs well, and stones because yeah with crossfit they, they see well, that not just that is they see world's strongest man they see right. stuff like that on the, you know on the TV on on the TV on on ESPN <laughs> and shit yeah but most people don't go to a gym where that stuff's there and this place has everything and there's there's a climbing wall and there's a turf out back you can do sled pushes on and there's tires to flip and there's there's rigs outside and there's farmers carries i mean there's, there's a big fucking boat anchor chain that you can drag around <laughs> there's obviously mean, anything you can imagine is fucking there yeah i would say the best way to explain what our facility is is more is it, we're a training facility you know we're not a strict powerlifting gym we're not a strict strawman center weight, olympic weightlifting center um, you're certainly not some bullshit globo gym that has <laughs> just six billion treadmills and ellipticals yeah you know our we have primarily just free weights you know and you know we have an area with machines and cardio equipment yeah it's you got, got the, you got to have those places it's got you gotta all the, have that yeah it has all the basics there's a couple of yep. treadmills there's a couple of ellipticals a few recumbent bikes there's like a rower you know and then all your normal machines 
yep. and some dumbbells up there. I mean, because what else you need? It's it's simple. Yeah. yeah. But then you, then you go down the stairs. And then there's and then, all the good stuff. This is all the training stuff. Yeah. Where if you actually want to get better and take it seriously, that's the stuff you got to train with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you've been there training since, well, obviously since before you guys moved to that location, but well, you've been with Dernia training for six years now, doing personal clients and all that kind of stuff. And wh- wh- where do you see that going in the future? I mean, are you guys still getting clients come in every, every day? Or is because now that there's a Planet Fitness in town, obviously some people gravitate towards that because it's cheap. And right. there's, there's shiny new equipment and they can go in and not get judged by people. Cause some people get turned off by a real gym. Where you come in, and there's people lifting heavy weights, and they're squatting heavy, and and there's chalk flying around, and people are excited and yelling and screaming, and there's some some loud music playing. I mean, some people get intimidated by that, and that's fine. Right. If they just want to go and get a sweat, Planet Fitness can be fine. For that's that. perfect for them. Yeah. I mean, but do you still have people coming in and wanting to get like real work done? Yeah, absolutely. Um, all the time, you know, we're picking up new clients or gym members. I would, you know, we have, you know, prior to. Planet Fitness coming into town, we had probably 15 or so members who primarily would want to stay upstairs where the machines were. They didn't come downstairs much, and, you know, they ended up more than likely going to Planet Fitness, which if you're into just using machines and treadmill, I that's fine. It's kind of hard to beat It's them. kind of hard to beat that's Planet what, Fitness. That's what they do. Exactly. It's cheap. It's easy. There's tons of equipment so you can get in there and get your workout done and get on with your day. Right. And if that's what you want, there's nothing wrong with that. Not I mean, at all. I, I give a lot of crap because I get upset because they actually kick out people like me who go <laughs> in there and try to lift heavy. And I do snatches and clean and jerks, and that would freak them out. I'm not even sure they even have barbells there. I think that's like against the rules. They don't have any barbells. From what I – I've never been in a plan of fitness. I think but... there's only a Smith machine. Right. I don't, even, I don't even think there's benches anymore. You're not allowed to do any kind of deadlifting. And, yeah. So I if, mean, I, it's just, if I were to go in there, I would get kicked out in about three seconds. So I get mad because they're you know discriminating, discriminating against me just in how I like to work out. Now – Judgment-free zone, dude. Except, <laughs> except for those who we judge against. Yeah. <laughs> and that's our whole marketing campaign. Yeah. <laughs> but if, if that's all you want to do, that's fine. Light it up. Go do your thing. I actually yeah. – I've, I've heard lots of stories of people going in there – and just doing machines and treadmills and ellipticals and losing a bunch of weight and getting healthy. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Absolutely. Do it. Do it. Light it up. Do your thing. Yeah. But I'll, I'll stick that. to a real gym where you know everybody by name. Everybody comes in. Then they they work super hard. And we do crazy shit. And we get results. So yeah. I'll stick with that. Yeah. I mean, results speak for itself. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you're going to lose some people to, you know, a big globo gym like that. Yep. But you still have clients coming in now, right? Oh, yeah, all the time. Absolutely. Which Always picking up new people. Uh, I started doing a little bit more. You know, now that my schedule, weekly schedule is getting pretty well packed, uh, I've started picking up more clients just doing strict programming where, you know, I'll do like a monthly style program with them where I'm not necessarily working with them quite as much one-on-one. I, You know, if they have, if they need help or whatnot, I'm definitely there to of help. Of course. I mean, you're always at the gym. Yeah. But I'm not necessarily working with them one-on-one all the time i just it's getting to the point where i just don't have that availability anymore yeah. depending on what time of the day which most people it's they're coming in after work or after school yeah so you know from that three to 
seven thirty, eight o'clock time is when everybody is primarily in there. You know, we have a rush around noon for lunch. You know, people come in over lunch break, but yeah, I mean, from that, you know, three to seven thirty, eight o'clock time, it's pretty well packed most nights. Which makes sense because they're going to come in when it's convenient for them. And yeah, whereas I'm sure they love to come in during the day, but they got to bloody go to work. Yeah. <laughs> That's just kind of how that That's works. How life so, is. unfortunately, when you work with you know people, you attend to work when people don't work. <laughs> yeah, because that's when you have a chance to actually work with them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean the gym's doing well. You know, we're always getting you know new people coming in and checking the place out. And yeah, I mean there's definitely times where there's people that come in that you know look you know move to the area looking for a gym and they walk you know they walk in through the front door and they see the machines and stuff and they're like okay you know. And then they walk downstairs and they see a bunch of power racks and a bunch of different kind of weird-looking barbells. And, you know, they're intimidated. They're like, man, I don't know if I want to come to this place. And then there's also people who come in and they see that and they're like, I've been looking for this my entire life. <laughs> this so, is my gym. We, this finally, is my we gym. finally found it. Yeah. So it's cool, you yeah. know. And it's nice having the – we have a bunch of garage doors and – when it's nice out, we get those doors open. We get a nice breeze coming through, and we got the whole outdoor gym with the rack and mats and turf, so you can do stuff outside. And see, so yeah, I mean, we have a lot. We have a lot to offer yeah. if you're trying to get big and strong. Well, is, is anything to offer for anybody and, who yeah. wants to get into shape and fitness, if, whatever? Like I said, if if they want to just be upstairs and be on the treadmill and do the machines, there's that. Yeah. If they want to do what yoga and zumba and shit there's that yeah jiu-jitsu there's, there's jiu-jitsu in the back that that's offered now as well you know there, there's a boxing like bag downstairs you can go like hit the hit, hit the heavy bag a little bit if you want to right you can lift weights you can climb the climbing wall you can I mean, you can do anything you anything want, you want. Like, yeah get if your you... asses over there and check the gym out yeah it's got anything you can imagine it'll it'll do whatever it is you want it to do absolutely yep all right so you're also a power lifter and you lift for usapl yep. which is just usa power usa powerlifting yep and that is probably one of the more stringent yes drug tested federations which i appreciate because a lot of power lifters are kind of doped out of their gourd <laughs> and, and their federations allow it i mean it's illegal yeah. but their federations allow it so it's not against the rules so hey light it up go do your thing if you want to shorten your life that's up to you game on um, and luckily, USAPL is not geared lifting, which is just fucking retarded. Um, so, so you're allowed basically to wear wrist wraps, yep, a belt, and knee sleeves. Right. They that, actually do. There is a single ply. Oh, they do have a single ply yeah, division. It's, yeah. So USAPL is the USA's affiliate to the IPF, International Powerlifting Federation, which there is single ply, which is for no one who, here who knows what. That would be your gear it's lifting. It's cheating. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> You're essentially using a, a suit to help essentially assist the lift. Yeah. Um, and knee wraps are also allowed in that as well. You know, it's it's a whole different type of training. Yeah. A whole it, different it, type of lifting. It makes lifting the weight much, much easier. It allows you to lift more weight than you would be able to naturally. And I think it's fucking retarded. If people want to do it, that's fine. I guess I don't, they can do whatever they want. I don't care. I just think it's stupid. Yeah. If, if you're going to lift, just see what you can lift. Like I, I don't care what the equipment can lift and how much you can squat in the suit and how much you can squat with your knees all wrapped up where you can't even bend your legs literally. 
And it's, I, I just, I don't care. It, that's, that's irrelevant to me. Like, I want to see how much weight you can sit down with until you can't move anymore and stand up with. That's what I want to <laughs> see. I don't want to yeah. see this shit where you move down and you're like three inches above parallel, but they let it go because they want to break world records at the Federation. Like, I don't want to see that shit. Yeah. Like, I will say, though, I mean, right? there are some good exceptions to that. I mean, uh, a guy named Blaine Sumner, he squatted. I know he's done a 500 kilo squat. Um, so you're looking at a little over 1,100 pounds. But he, that, I mean, he can also squat over 900 pounds raw. Okay. You know, well, so, so the, the 500 kilos with, was with, was with gear. Was with gear with knee wraps. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the, the single ply, you're not going to get near the assistance as a multi-ply suit. You know, that's, you know, you have your raw, you have your single ply, and then the multi-ply is completely on another level. Uh, just whole different, it's, very hard to explain. It's cheating. Let's, let's be honest. It's just, <laughs> I don't it's, necessarily want to say it's cheating. It's but, cheating. It's stupid. <laughs> but, I mean, there's there's actually a lot of, you know, some of the best raw lifters have actually came from gear lifting. Um, and then, you know, same thing. You know, a lot of saw the best raw lifters that moved to gear lifting. They're also the, you know, could be the best in that as well. There's, there's guys in my weight class who, you know, part of their training – for a raw meat, they'll actually do in some single ply gear. So I mean, it all comes down, I guess, how you want to move the weight, um, your training philosophy. I've never even I've never even put knee wraps on, let alone a squat suit, whatever. Um, I don't necessarily ever see myself doing gear lifting, but I mean, it's it is what it is. Okay. So, so what are your lifts currently? What's the last meet that you did and the numbers that you hit? Uh, so my my PRs um, are a 551 squat, a 363 bench, and a 622 deadlift. Okay, and they, these are in pounds? These are in pounds, yes. Um, now, did you hit those in competition? Yes, those are all competition lifts. Okay. And I'm, I compete in the 105 kg class, which is 231 pounds. Uh, the next weight class down is 206. So essentially, to be in the 231 class, you have to be you're you want to be over 206 and 231 or or under. under yeah. Yeah. Um. And those I didn't those con those PRs weren't done in the same day. Those are just I guess my best. Okay. So what's what's your best uh, competition total? My best meet total is 1522. Okay. In pounds. Okay. So still pretty solid. It's decent. I mean, it's at the top national level. I got some work to do. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean you're always going to have that. Uh, I think last uh, last year, the guy who won my weight class in the Open, I want to say was over 1,900 pounds for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely a gap there, but it's always something to work towards. Well, you know? that's one of the reasons why, you know, he's probably best in the world. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, again, too, it comes down to, you got to look at his training life. Like we were saying earlier, he's, you know, I, uh, I want to say, yeah, it was Bryce Lewis who won. And, you know, he, he's more than likely been lifting for that 10 plus years. I mean, to get to where, you know, the best he can possibly be. Yeah. And, you know, all those top, I would say all the top five guys have been at least training for 10 years where, you know, yeah, I've, I've started, you know, lifting, 
you know, I, I actually, I really started lifting at a YMCA and, and, uh, I would say, you know, that whole time I was lifting there and even a lot of the bro lifting I was doing in high school. Yeah. For, for the year that you were lifting before you saw Andrew and then he told I mean, you that, that, was that you didn't know how to lift. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so I would say I've only actually been truly training for a good man. I would say I've only been really training hard and powerlifting, you know, good for powerlifting for a good maybe four or five years. Okay. So, I mean, you look at that and it's like, you know, I got a good another five to ten years to possibly get to my max potential. Yeah. If, if you can so stay healthy and stay with it. If I can stay healthy and, and stay, stay with it. Stay consistent. Yeah. Because that's, that's the it. biggest thing with strength sports. Because, again, it's weight lifted over time. Right. So, if, if you have points where you can't lift a bunch of weight because you're injured like like me i keep getting injured because i'm getting older and it, it happens. happens yeah and I, I'm, I'm trying to push to be the best that i can be instead of just lifting to be healthy and guess what shit's gonna break yeah <laughs> it's i gonna mean i've had you know if and you know if, if you're not getting tweaks you're not trying to be your best well, yeah but That's t- just... tweaks are part of it because you can train around those it's yeah it's when you hurt yourself and you're out for six weeks and you're rehab for six weeks and all of a sudden, you miss a couple months of training. It's like shit. Like, how did this happen? Yeah, it all adds up. Yeah, I mean, I first time I hurt myself, I jacked my back up pretty good. And yeah, I didn't squat or delve for probably three, four months. Uh, my my coach has a great analogy for this. He t- talks about this all the time in the gym, and he'll say training is like moving a big pile of dirt. Like the whole goal is to get it from point A to point B, and some days you got to shovel. And you're moving a bunch of dirt and everything feels great. And some days you got a fucking teaspoon. But you know what? <laughs> you got to come in and you got to move the dirt anyway. Yeah. It's so gotta it's just get, it's stay consistent, at some stay point. in it. Because even if you're hurt, you can be in the gym doing other things, doing rehab. Yeah. And working on other things. You can get back quicker. Cause like even Absolutely. When, even when I hurt my back really bad, you know, I was, I was, I never missed more than a week in the gym. I was still in jail. I could only do like 50 kilos. You know, my chiropractor. But you were still moving. My chiropractor was like, "Hey, you can't do any more than this. But go in there. You can do your regular lifts. You can do snatches. You can do cleaning jerks. You can do you can do squats. Fifty kilos. That's all you're allowed to do. And that's what I did for for weeks. And then he's like, "Okay, you're doing doing better. Backs responding well to treatment. Let's go to fifty five. And did that for a while. Then we did sixty. And we just you know after six months of working slowly up, as he's like, "Okay, your back's doing good. We're doing great. And he's like, "Okay." You're like 85, 90% of what you used to be doing as you're lifting. Your back's doing great. Everything's fine. Go back to training full-time. And within like three weeks, I think I was right back to old PR numbers. Yeah. Because I, I had been in the gym the whole time. Whereas if I if I had been sitting at home oh, you would... crying myself the blues, it had been another six months until I was Yeah, even... you would just now be doing that yeah. 50 kilo. I would have I would have been out for a year. Yeah. I, I, I see it a lot. You know, people get hurt. They have one bad meat whatever and boom that's it yeah. they're done or like you know they go home and eight months later they come back to the gym hey i need to get back at it well yeah where were you the last eight months <laughs> you should you know and then it takes them a long time to get back to where they were they're trying to get they're always those people are always trying to get back to where they were yeah not necessarily trying to get better trying to get better it's like you know if Instead of sitting at home for eight months, hoping that your your back's gonna or whatever's gonna get better, you still could have came in here and did 
leg extension, leg curls, you know, depending yeah. on injury, could leg be, press, even, doing, whatever, belt could, squats, could be doing something. therapy that your doctor says you're allowed to do. Right. Like, like if you don't have a good doctor that's going to allow you to lift, like if you've got some rubbish doctor who's going to tell you, oh, you're hurt, you need to stop lifting completely, get a fucking new doctor. Yeah, that doctor sucks. Yeah, because like my doctor is a power lifter. He's actually a world record holder in the strict curl. He's got giant biceps. <laughs> but <laughs> I'd hope, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he understands like what we do. So anytime yeah. I'm hurt, he's like, okay, that's fine. We can work around it. We can do this. We can do that. Don't do this. And I'll, I'll come back to him like, yeah, we, we tried that, but that hurt too much. Okay, stop doing that. Let's do this instead. We're always doing something. So we're always right. we're always trying to move the bar the ball forward. We may not do it as much as we want to, especially not as much as I want to because I keep getting hurt. But we're we're still doing something. So we're at least you know try trying to mitigate as much time as we're gonna have to take off until we can actually get back to where we're supposed to be in the gym. Well, the, the you know the the big important thing about all that is especially if you if you compete in an, any kind of strength sport is even though you were only doing that 50 kilos, which is extremely light for you, you're still practicing your movement. Yes. So by the time you can handle the heavier load, it's just another day versus not doing it at all. Yeah, because during that time, I had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of reps in with light weight. So, right. so basically, it was like doing drills. It was like doing wax on, work. wax off. It was, it was like if you're if you're a tennis player, it'd be like doing tons and tons and tons of serves and tons and tons and tons of returns. And it's just, it's it's not hard. It's not beating me up. It's it's keeping me active. It's keeping me in the gym. It's keeping the habit. Yeah, it's keeping you and, in the sport. And the time that the doc cleared me, we were right back to old numbers in a couple of weeks. Literally within like three weeks. Right. I was like to old, like PR lifts. It yeah. Was, it was just it's just what it's what it is. Yeah. All right, so so you're competing in powerlifting now. Now you've gone to national events, right? Yeah, I've competed the last uh, two years at uh, USAPL Raw Nationals. Okay, now, wh- where were those at? Uh, the first year was in Atlanta, and that was a very last minute decision. Um, it, uh, you know, I waited till probably. I want to say the week until cutoff date. Okay. So I had zero plans of going to it. And I said, screw it. I got to, you know, if you want to get better. I'm qualified. Let's go. Yeah. And not only that, but you got to travel to get better. You have to go to those big meets, whether you're lifting or just to go watch to, it's a whole different atmosphere. You're seeing, you know, you're seeing your role models that you see on Instagram and Facebook and you follow on YouTube. They're walking around. They're warming up in the same warm-up room. You guys might even be using the same bars. It's, it's crazy. It, you know, first year I, I was, you know, we drove down and, uh, we honestly were thinking about sleeping in the car. How far of a drive is that from Northeast Ohio? Uh, I want to say it was about 10 hours okay. or so. So it's not too bad. It's not too bad, but I mean, it's a long drive. Anything over but... four hours to me just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Getting tight and whatnot. But so, yeah, we drove down. We got there the night before and got there late at night. And we ended up not having to sleep in the car. I had some connections, which helped. I actually uh, helped spot and load 
the uh, prime time session after right after I got done lifting. Okay, so so you worked at the meet so you could get a hotel. I worked at the meet and I ended up being able to get uh, two nights at the meet hotel for free. Nice. So it was really convenient. I could wake up. I ate breakfast right at the hotel, walked across the street to you know through their I don't know alleyway thing. Yeah. And uh, there was the meet. So there's once I was there, there was no traveling. And uh, so yeah, that year, uh, you know, I I felt like I was even though I kind of waited till the last minute, going down, I felt like I was really prepared. Oh, so you've been but, lifting this whole time. Oh yeah, I've been lifting this whole time. It was just it was just time to do another meet. So like let's yeah. just let's go do a big one. Let's sign up, and then what was the cutoff? What probably a couple months before. Yeah, I think probably. Well, probably two months. Probably two months. Probably probably you know, eight weeks. Probably something like that. Roughly, yeah. So you you still had enough time to probably get a little bit of a cycle in. Like most yeah. powerlifting cycles are probably about what? About 12, 16 weeks? Yeah, I mean, I'd say 12 weeks. It You know, it all kind of depends, I guess, on when your next – it all depends when your next meet is. Okay. You know, I didn't I didn't do a – I did a really short peak for that, and I, I didn't feel like I needed a really big peak. Okay. Um, You know, I, I went there. I lifted well. I PR'd in every lift. That's a heck of a good day. <laughs> yeah, I went uh, six for nine, so I, I actually missed all my thirds. Okay, which I'd say is pretty common in powerlifting. Very common. You guys seem yeah. to try to bite off a little bit more than you can chew sometimes. You know, like, it's not nine for nine is a perfect day. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, you want to strive for that nine for nine. But the only thing about that nine for nine is you afterwards, you question yourself, did I leave some weight out there? Could I have done more? And I think it was kind of, I think it was a good thing, especially my first year at nationals that I missed my thirds just because I knew I put it all out there. Okay. I made the trip, you know, I, I was not prepared in the fact that the meet was an hour and 45 minutes from start to finish. Which normally around here, when you do a powerlifting meet, it takes all damn day. Yeah. It's, you know, depending on how it's ran, it's, you know, you could, it could be four to 10 hours. Yeah. So, and I was used to those local meets where you know I had I would get all I get done with all my squats and I could kind of chill out. Yeah, for you, you almost go take a two nap, hours, eat some food, chill out, and then you rewarm back up after you've had time to relax. Yeah, and and that you know that first year at nationals, right when I got done squatting, it went boom. I had to run back to warm room, start warming up for bench. I think I maybe had like a, a Gatorade and a protein bar or something. The whole time. Okay. I mean, most people, an hour and forty-five. That's that's a you know that's a training day. Yeah. I mean, think about it. you're going in there and you're maxing out all of your lifts in one training session. It's hard. I mean, I, you know, there's not there's no there's no conditioning and powerlifting, but I was way out of condition for that. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a race, and uh, you know that it was a good thing I went to that meet. Okay. I'm glad I signed up for that, and then. Um, that would have been in 2016. 2017, last year, uh, I also competed at Raw Nationals. That one was in um, Orlando, Florida. Okay. So a little bit farther of a drive. A little bit farther. I actually flew to that one. I wasn't going to sit in the car for 21 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was way more prepared for that. You know, well, you kind of knew what to expect. You, I knew what to expect. Exactly. You've been to the big meet now. You Now you have, you've had all year to train to – to have that conditioning to be able to do all of your lifts in less than two hours. 
Yeah, I mean, right right after nationals in 2016, it was boom. I'm going right. I'm going into training for next year's nationals. You okay. know, I had to do. You have to do a meet in order to qualify for nationals every year, and the whole you know the whole goal for that meet was just to qualify. Yeah, you know, I wanted to hit PRs, obviously, and I might have, but I wanted to, you know, it's, I wanted to save it all for that one meet. Okay, you know? yeah. And uh, that meet went really well. I actually went eight for nine. That's a damn good day. Yeah. Almost perfect. Yeah, I uh, I attempted squat PR, wasn't there, hit a bench PR and a deadlift PR. So, I mean, it was a good day. Got, you know, got to meet a lot of good lifters, and it was a fun time. And, uh, yeah, this year I'm actually, I won't be competing at nationals. It's the whole way out in Spokane, Washington. Okay. And I actually have a baby on the way. Well, congratulations. So, yeah, thanks. And, uh, I want to, you know, be here for that. I don't want to have to be traveling around. I actually have a meet coming up here in roughly four weeks and, uh, my baby's due in July. So. I'm not necessarily planning anything after this meet. And this this will be the Ohio State Championships through okay. USAPL. Which is a good one to go to. It's always good to go to the state meet. Yeah, it's a great meet. Ran really well. And, um, see, so yeah, I don't have anything necessarily planned the rest of this year. You know, after this meet, I'll just be training. Things you know? are going to change. Yeah, things will it's, change. It's going to be hard to get sleep. You have a lot less time. It's going to be a lot more hectic at the house. It's it's yeah. it's going to it's going to change things up in your training a lot yeah fortunately i work where i lift so it definitely helps yes but that's only if you can sleep yeah <laughs> sleep is <laughs> very if, important if you don't sleep you don't lift that's right. kind of how don't that recover works. so <laughs> that's how it works and uh so and then uh this year 2018 you also lifted in the arnold yeah so i lifted in the arnold it was my first year for that which that's been a goal of mine since that's that's day a goal one. of a lot of people because yeah. in powerlifting you have to qualify and you've got to be a damn good lifter to make it there. Yeah. So, that, so that's an accomplishment just in and of itself just lifting. Yeah, and it went really well. I ended up getting second place. I lifted in the um push pull, so that's just a bench and a deadlift. Um yeah, it went really great. I hit a bench PR and Attempted a Delft PR, just wasn't there, but I still was able to get that second place finish. And, you know, it was a great experience. You know, back when Andrew competed at the Arnold, my first year ever to the Arnold, back when I was probably a junior, um, walking around and seeing freaks everywhere. It, that's what I used to call it. They call it the freak show. It's a circus. It's, it's, it's literally fun. a circus. I love that place. And uh, watching you know, all these big guys lift on the main stage or, you know, in the Olympic, you know, in the weightlifting area and all that. And I was like, man, like my goal is to make it here in my lifetime. And, you know, I was able to at a handful of short, like a short handful of years later. I mean, yeah, I mean, at 24 years old, I was able to qualify and make it there and place. So yeah, it was, it was a great experience. You know, I'm definitely planning on going back and, competing and trying to get better so very cool 
So, yeah, it was a good time. I'll tell you what. I think this is probably a pretty good place to wrap this first one up. I think we're definitely going to have you on a lot more if we can figure out your damn schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Things are going to be a little tougher with the kid yeah. coming. I understand. That's how it works. But we'll make it work. Yeah. We'll make uh, it work. Where is uh, some place that people could go to uh, see, see more about you and like kind of what you do? Um, you can follow me on Instagram. I post uh, pretty much daily on there. Uh, my username on that is gerbzilla underscore powerlifting. Spell that out. Uh, G-E-R-B-Z-I-L-L-A underscore uh, P-O-R-W. Uh, yeah, yeah, powerlifting. <laughs> you can figure it out. And uh, if you need to get a hold of me, you can message me on there. I'm also on Facebook just under Brandon Gerber. Um, you can email me at gerbzillapowerlifting at gmail.com. And, and that's uh, if people maybe want to get some uh, advice from you or maybe even do some programming, advice, some online programming. coaching. Yeah, you know, get a hold of me if you want me to go over any kind of lifts, techniques, um, or just, you know, programming in general. You know, feel free if you're local, stop out, yeah, I mean, set he, up a he's, time. He's a certified personal trainer and one of the best ones that I've seen. So if you guys are in the area, stop by and Brandon can help you out. Yeah, be more than happy to. All right. Well, like I said, uh, I appreciate your time. Thanks yeah, for coming thanks over for and making this happen. It was a lot of fun. And uh, we will see you guys next time. All right. Well, that wraps up another episode. I had a ton of fun talking to Brandon. I hope you guys did too, because we're definitely going to have him back on the podcast in the future. And we're going to pick his brain and have a lot of fun talking about strength training and hot rods and all kinds of crazy shit. I really appreciate y'all listening to the show. It means so much. You guys have no idea. But please, if you could do me a huge favor and let's go out to iTunes and Stitcher and even Podbean and let's get some five-star reviews in for the show so we can get this exposed to new listeners. Because I know that you guys are enjoying the show and let's get it out there for others to enjoy as well because... I'm having a shit ton of fun making it. I hope you guys are having a shit ton of fun listening to it. And let's just spread the word and let's see how many listens we can really get this episode up to. Thanks so much for all your support. I can't tell you how much I really appreciate it. And we will see you all next time on Uncensored Humanity.